Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the only podcast that's going to talk about the uh, accidental or near accidental destruction of the East Coast of the United States. Uh, we'll get into it. I'm Jill Chacha. Hey, everyone. This is also Marissa Riley. <laughs> it's really hard to do an intro about one of what could have been one of the worst uh, catastrophes in the United States. Yeah. That we're going to talk about today. The East Coast, it's kind of a big deal. I don't know <laughs> if y'all have heard of it. Uh, it's actually where we live. And, Lots of people um, live here. Other people live here, too. And so if that were to be gone, it would be a, a big, giant bummer. It, for many reasons. Yeah. Someone <laughs> so, is, I, You might know someone on the East Coast. You might, or came... Or you might be someone on the East Coast. Yeah. So this is uh, in between 013. We've made it all the way to 13. Lucky 13. Lucky yeah. 13, baby. And for Lucky 13... We're going to talk about the face-palming moment to end all face-palming moments. Yes, we're going to talk about the day two hydrogen bombs were dropped on North Carolina. Yeah, so... <laughs> did you know that two bombs were dropped on North Carolina on accident? I, I did not know. And, <laughs> um, and that sounds bad, you know? It could sounds... have been devastating. Yeah. It... I, um, yeah, I, this is one of those moments where you just like, I, yeah, I couldn't have been here. I li- I grew up on the, my family moved to, you know, I, it, it, it would have been bad. Okay, it would have been terrible. <laughs> but we're okay now, but it's still very embarrassing. It's still someone. very embarrassing. Or a lot of people. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, but you know what? I have a feeling you're going to tell me about it. We're going to talk about how this happened and how fucking lucky we are. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now picture it, okay? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. It's groovy 1961. Oh, I love picturing this. <laughs> okay. And the United States is in a not-so-groovy Cold War with the Soviet Union. That's right. I forgot about that. That's right. The nuclear tit-for-tat race had escalated to a point where the states hoarded a crazy cat lady number of bombs. Mm. We had approximately 18,638 warheads at the time. Yeah, hoarding for sure. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's too many. That's a lot of cats. Yeah, that's a lot of cats. Um, two of those bombs were aboard a B-52 aircraft, which took off from Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in Goldsboro, North Carolina, in the evening of January 23rd. Okay, I already have a question. Let's do it. So we got these bombs on an aircraft. Yeah. We're just transporting them, right? No. Oh. You want to hear? Oh, but, yeah. yeah. How this funny is... is it that I'm assuming the best? <laughs> no. What? No. Assuming the best? Oh, Marissa. No. Uh. Okay, so having a plane take off... With this kind of cargo, at this time of night, was a daily routine and a standard mission. Hmm. You see, America wasn't only cat lady crazy, we were also coked out paranoid. Uh, Paranoid that the Soviets were going to bomb us at any moment, and with so much force that the only Americans alive would be an eight-man crew safely in the air. Oh my god. That's right. And their mission, if such a thing occurred, would be to fly to the Soviet Union 
and retaliate. Mm -hmm. So we always had a plane ready to go in the air. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure it still happens, but it it did happen then. Wow. For sure. Yeah. Like, who, you know, who fucking cares about the country? We're just going to go get you. Yeah. You come get us. That's my immediate it, thought yeah, process on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. It was just, they were, it was always in the air. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. So, okay. That's right. Now. These two weapons were a Mark 39 thermonuclear bomb, each about 12 feet long, weighing over 6,200 pounds. That's so heavy. Yeah, one bomb, one bomb has a 100% kill zone of 17 miles, which means in a 17-mile radius, everyone and thing is dead. <laughs> so, oh, my God. And two were on this plane. Oh, my God. That's, That's like, wait, 17 yeah. 17. Yeah. 40. It's big. It's, it's, you know, it's up there. It's up there in miles. In the 30s or 40s. It's, it's up there in miles. It's just 100% kill zone. <laughs> God. After pacing the skies for several hours, the B-52 needed refueling. Mm. Since it's not allowed to land, the bomber had an aerial refueling which took place around midnight, and an aerial refueling is just as it sounds. Um, imagine a gas station pulling up to your car, matching your speed, extending a hose, and filling up your gas tank as y'all continued to drive along. That's pretty much what an aerial refueling is. That sounds intense, but if you must. <laughs> if you must. You can't pull over. What the fuck? Yeah, who has time for that? Now, according to Wikipedia, quote, during the hookup, uh, the tanker crew advised the B-52 aircraft commander, Major Walter Scott Tullock, that his aircraft had a fuel leak in the right wing. That's not good. No. The refueling was aborted, and, the ground, and ground control was notified of the problem. End oh. quote. Now, instead of allowing the plane to land at the base, ground control directed Major Tullock to fly a holding pattern located off the coast of North Carolina. Tullock and his crew took the order, but they quickly realized the leak was more of a hemorrhage. Oh my God. <laughs> so naturally, in America, we had an opportunity to fix this immediately. We put it off. Yeah. And now we're fucked. Yeah. This is, this is just, you know, a, a traditional. Just traditional. Totally traditional. Totally yeah. Now, only three minutes in on their way to the holding pattern, the plane lost 37,000 pounds of fuel, and it was clear the plane might not even make it back to base. For sure, no. <laughs> um, I don't know much about fuel numbers, but that's a big one. That's a big number. Oh, in my three minutes. God. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, if you don't laugh. Then what are you doing? <laughs> if you don't laugh, <laughs> you're surely going to die. Yeah. Um, in the midst of making an emergency landing, finally, the plane descended to 10,000 feet, and that's when they realized the hemorrhage was multiple organ failure. Oh, no. The plane literally began to break apart. What? Yeah. You guys! <laughs> so, how are we supposed to bomb the, the Soviet whatever if we're... Yeah, it's a good question. With the shitty plane. Ah. Full of bombs. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I know, and we spend a lot of money on this. Yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> when, 
When they lost the tail... <laughs> oh, God. The plane spiraled, and it was painfully obvious the pilot wouldn't be able to regain control. Oh, man. <laughs> what happened to the crew? And, uh, oh, yeah, those two nuclear bombs? We're going to find out after the break. Ah, <laughs> fine. So, uh, buy this product. Do it. Do it. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please stay interesting. And we're back. We're back, uh, and I, I, I believe North Carolina is still is still there. I hope so. We should yeah. really check on them. <laughs> I think it's are, still there. Are you guys okay? I, I, I want to know if you're from North Carolina. Yeah. Have you heard this story before? Yeah. Please email us. Well, that's interesting at gmail. Uh, well, that's interesting pod at gmail.com. <laughs> I should learn that. Uh, if you've learned this fucking story because i did not 
I I didn't either, and I figure, well, I probably wouldn't have learned it in Texas, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what I learned there. Um, but I would have learned this in some way, shape, or form because you you hear about it when bombs are dropped, right? Am I generally? Yeah, that's a big freaking deal. This is a huge deal. Uh, I surprised, but not surprised. Yeah, we didn't learn about this. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're at a point where that that the B fifty two lost its tail. Yeah, spinning uh, out of control. Yada yada yada. Um. So what happened exactly? Now what happened is abandoned fucking ship is what happened. Yeah, sounds okay. sounds about right. Um, at nine thousand feet, the pilot ordered the crew out. Okay. Uh, six men jumped from the plane, but only five landed safely. Oh man. Uh, yeah, one of the men's parachutes did not deploy. Uh, two men remained on board in an attempt to guide the plane, uh, well, an attempt to kind of guide the plummeting craft into the safest dive possible. Yeah. Uh, but the impact was still catastrophic. Uh, Sergeant Francis Roger Barnish, Major Eugene Holcomb Richards, and Major Eugene Shelton uh, were killed. Oh, no. Uh, the crash site itself covered two square miles over a tobacco and cotton farm, 12 miles north of the base. Okay. So, yeah, they, they didn't make it back to the base. No. Um, and somewhere uh, in that crash site were two damaged thermonuclear warheads. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. And the rush was on to locate and completely disarm the weapons. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, now, believe it or not, this isn't the first whoopsie-daisy with these kinds of bombs. Oh, my so. God. Are you kidding me? No. no. In fact, there's a whole set of terms for various incidents because that's how often they occur, I assume. Um, would you like to read a few of the terms and their definitions as to what happens? Yeah. So these, are uncla- yeah, so these, these have been unclassified, and, and, and uh, let's, let's read some and what, they, what that means. Fun. <laughs> so, so. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, this is your first time looking at any of this crap, right? My first time. <laughs> I am already embarrassed. Okay. All right. Uh, number one, the term is bent spear. That's right. Um, this term is used when there's a handling violation or a safety breach involving nuclear weapons. For example, mistaking packing warheads on a plane that should be carrying other cargo. Are you kidding me? Yeah, mistakenly. Whoops. Oh, how do you make that mistake and how do we have a casual name for it? Bent spear? I'm sorry, I'll continue. It's, okay. it's all right. Okay. <laughs> Number, we're all processing as we're hearing. We're this. all processing. That's right. Someone, some. Yes, that happened. Un- <laughs> Vaguely related, we did the little breath for a midsomar right before this because it's such a heavy topic, and we both went went did the little right. We need to breathe. We need to breathe. Um, but let me continue with these awesome terms. Sorry, awesome is the wrong word. These horrifying terms. Uh, number two is dull sword. Uh, this is used when there is an incident involving the equipment, vehicles tools or diagnostic testers related to nuclear weapons but not the weapons themselves yeah okay all right i feel it okay number three faded giant uh refers to an event 
an event involving a military nuclear reactor. That's right. And last but not least, and I think this is my favorite sounding term, is empty quiver. Um, Which means, in all caps, the theft of a functioning nuclear weapon. Which does not sound like a quiver situation. No, it does not. That was written here by Jill. Yeah, Um, I didn't know you were going to read that part. Oh, I did. I had to. It does not sound like a quiver situation. Yeah. Um, That sounds like a loud scream for help. Mm Mm-hmm. A theft of a functioning nuclear weapon? Oh, there's a number five. There is. Hold on. All right. Do you want to read it? I'm still uh, recovering from empty quiver. Okay. Which is more like a deafening scream. That's what (laughs) I'm going to rename it. I'm going to... It should be called deafening scream. That someone... Yeah. Deafening scream. Okay. And and now, last but not least, number five is more aptly named... uh, Nuke flash. Mm. According to Wikipedia, this refers to the detonation or possible detonation of a nuclear weapon, which creates a risk of an outbreak of nuclear war. Whoa. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Nuke flash. I yeah. don't know why I'm saying everything in like an 80s broadcaster voice, but... I mean, that's how they were developed, probably. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So that's part of the... The words used to, uh, new, yeah, just, so oh, wow. just, yeah. Oh, now for our current situation, yes. <laughs> just, I'm just going right into it. Go right into it, baby. This, this current situation we're talking about, uh, uh, it was called a broken arrow, and that term refers to any accidental event that involves nuclear weapons, uh, from accidental detonation, a loss in transit, or, say, being jettisoned from a crashing plane, any accident that doesn't create a risk of nuclear war because it was our guys. Oh, whoops. Oopsie-daisy. Whoops. Yeah, that's a broken arrow, is a do-do-do. So. <laughs> so. Do you think that's in their manual? <laughs> <It's>. <laughs> Broken arrow. Um, so, somewhere between 1,000 and 2,000 feet is when the bomb bay doors opened and the two bombs dropped. <laughs> so. oh my God. So how close were we from having not one, but two drums, which I kindly remind everyone each had... 250 times as much explosive power as the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Uh, how close were we from millions of deaths? Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Millions of deaths. Oh, my God. Uh, now, can you describe this photo for us? That photo right there. I can try, actually. I'm not 100% sure. I, am I? This is the bomb. This is one of the bombs. Okay. So I don't have much for scale, but I will say it's a large cylinder mm-hmm. with some, uh, at, I would say in the top third, it has some like kind of fin looking things. And you know, I'm not, it, this looks like the size of a telephone booth. I'm not sure what I'm looking yeah. at. Okay. So we're looking at a, a bomb sticking up from the ground. Yeah. It's, it's uh, um, yeah. vertical. Yes. It's, and it's on the ground, and it looks like there's a parachute around yes, it. Yes, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Did I nail it? 
You fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, these guys. (laughs) 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 Now, yeah, one of the bombs uh, that fell out of the plane um, fucking deployed its parachute and was found intact thanks to getting snagged in that tree. Seeing that right behind them. Oh, it snagged in a tree. It, It snagged in a tree, but part of it is in the ground. Just the, oh, the, just the very the tip. tip. Just the very just tip. Just the very tip. Yeah, it's just like kissing the ground. Kissing. Just the, the, yeah, the pointy part. The pointy part of the bomb is uh, in the ground. The rest of it is kind of snagged in a tree. This is going to be on the Instagram. Well, that's interesting pod. Yeah. Uh, yes. So parachute deployed, got snagged in a tree. But horrifically, three of the four arming switches were activated. And you won't fucking believe what flipped those switches. Now, when the cockpit of the plane was found, it was discovered a lanyard was wrapped around the activation switches. And as the plane spun out of control, centrifugal forces pulled down on that lanyard. That's right. Oh (laughs) my god. And this is a lanyard, like a little string that has keys that you put around your neck. Exactly. Or a, or an ID badge or something like that. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. An ID badge basically was around the switches. And because the plane was going in circles, gravity pulled down on that that badge, basically. That yeah. is so... That's <laughs> so impossible. Like, not impossible, but it's so unlikely that that would fall into that place and just happen to, you know, hit three of the four switches that will set off a bomb. <laughs> Dr. Ralph Lapp, uh, he was a physicist who participated in the Manhattan Project, uh, summed this up nicely, quote, only a single switch prevented the 24 megaton bomb from detonating and spreading fire and destruction over a whole wide area. Oh my God. End quote. Now, let's talk about that whole wide area he was talking about. Yeah. Here's a map provided by Business Insider. They also covered this. Now, can you describe the blast radius and the fallout zone of one bomb? Yeah. Okay, I want to show this to you. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so big. Um, Yep. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. So. Take your time. The radius. So we've got different colors here. (laughs) So the red color. Um. It, it, it's kind of like, uh, how do I describe it? So like there's red, yellow, uh, or red, orange, yellow, and green. And each kind of has like a, a perimeter, a, a space that it would cover. And I'm guessing those are different. Kill levels. Kill levels. Yep. Okay. So the red <laughs> part <laughs> covers um, a large section of North Carolina and Virginia. And then the orange part Keeps going all the way up the coast to Delaware. Mm-hmm. The yellow part covers uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and a bit of New Jersey. And uh, the um, lightest color, the green color, basically covers the entire East Coast. The entire, <laughs> all the way, New York to North Carolina, fucked. <laughs> yeah. Fucked. Totally fucked. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So it would have affected everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That is the uh, entire 
you know, the blast radius plus, you know, the nuclear fallout would have gone from North Carolina up to Pennsylvania and into, uh, this is just giving a little, you know, butterfly kisses to New York. That's, yeah. that's, that's what and that, that would, that would have been one blast. Oh my yeah, God. So, so. Now, if you think we couldn't possibly get any closer to destruction, the other bomb said, hold my beer. That's right. That's right. Now, quoting the PBS show American Experience, quote, one of the weapons in particular went through all of its arming steps to detonate, and when it hit the ground, a firing signal was actually sent, end quote. What? That's right. That's right, my friends. The second bomb fell at 700 miles per hour into a muddy field. The 6,000-pound bomb hit the ground with such force, its tail was found 20 feet below ground. Wow! The parachute did not deploy, and perhaps maybe that's why the bomb didn't explode, even though a firing signal was sent. (gasps) Now, the impact loosened wires that, if they crossed, would have allowed the command to fully arm and explode. Yes. That's the good news. Oh, what? (laughs) That's the good news. (gasps) Now, if you can believe it, yeah. The bad news is that that bomb had to be fully disarmed by hand. Oh, my God. I'm sweating just thinking about that. Oh, I'm uh, sweating. That's right. Someone had to go into the crater and diffuse a thermonuclear device by removing its uranium and plutonium core by hand. <sighs> Bless right. that person. Oh my God. If you can work from home, be thankful because someone had to do this. And I'd like to show you a picture, if you could be so kind, to describe what you see. I would love to. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah. There, okay. So there's four guys, and I'm. They, and they're in a crater. Yeah. What looks like a crater, kind of a cave. Um, they got there's a ladder, and then I can see the bomb, but only the very end of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it looks like they're all looking at it. That's right. That's right. As I would be too if I was in a crater with one of the scariest bombs in the world. That's right. Yeah. Um, I would be looking at it. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to lift and disarm the most powerful bomb in the world at at the time, which 1961, which this this bomb is 250 times the power of the one dropped on Hiroshima. And but, and that was freaking devastating and <laughs> yes. Jesus. Uh, I like how I just had to say Hiroshima was devastating. <laughs> we did learn about that one in school. Oh, thankfully, um, yes. They, 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 they did cover that. They did that. put that in the textbooks, that one. Yeah, they covered That's that good. one. Um, now, the men tasked with basically saving all of North Carolina and massive sections of the East Coast was Lieutenant Jack Ravel. Uh, in this unstable muck, as you can see, it's a, it does look like it's a fucking cave. It's, yeah. It's, it's a goddamn mess. We put the photo on. Instagram. In all of this unstable muck, he and his team were able to remove the primary core, which essentially disabled the whole thing. Uh, okay. Quoting Business Insider, quote, in the moments after the f- uh, in the moments after the first core, called a primary, 
after that explodes, it releases a torrent of X-ray and other radiation. This radiation reflects off the inside of the bomb casing, which acts as a mirror to focus. Uh, I have to do this all over again. Let me do this one more time. <laughs> totally fine. This is tough stuff. That's, yeah. So, quote, in the moments after the first core, called a primary, explodes, it releases a torrent of X-ray and other radiation. This radiation reflects off the inside of the bomb casing, which acts as a mirror to focus it on and set off the secondary core. Yeah. The one-two punch compounds the efficiency and the explosive power of a nuclear blast, end quote. So without that primary going off, basically, the bomb can't go boom. Amazing. Okay. You, you, need, you need the primary. So they took that primary out basically. Cool. Um, it is worth noting, however, that the secondary part, uh, the highly enriched uranium-235, uh-huh. <laughs> that's still in the ground to this day. What? Yeah. You guys! You guys! That's right. Have they just procrastinated this? Uh, so, quoting Wikipedia, the excavation of the second bomb was abandoned as a result of uncontrollable groundwater flooding. It was just, they just kept getting, just, it was just so much water. That's how far down underground they were that it was impossible to get the water out. And then it was just very, an unstable situation. And this hasn't been revisited. No one's been like, you know what, we should, we should really work on that. <laughs> so, With new technology. Do you want to see, I'll get into how they saw, they quote unquote solved this problem. You want to, you you want to find out? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm passionate about this. Do not apologize. We're going to find out how the United States likes to solve problems. Uh, To prevent any further damage to the bomb or human life in general, the Department of Defense's Army Corps of Engineers bought the land encasing the warhead, which is about a 400-foot radius. So they bought the land around the bomb. Wow. Okay. (laughs) The land is not marked or ID'd, and it continues to be farmed. What? Yeah. Uh, The only thing is that they bought it, and no one can build on it. (laughs) That's the safety measure they're taking. Oh, my God. You can can farm it, just don't build on it, and it's owned by the United States. That's... That, that's it. That's, that's not solving a problem, even a little bit. That's just... It's... They, they're using... They're, they're using capitalism to solve, solve the problem. Oh it's like, God. we own this. You can't touch it. Don't. Well, you know, it's... In America, it's not a problem anymore if you buy it. So <laughs> if you have money, you can... It's... No, it's still it's a problem. It goes away. It goes away. It goes away. It goes away. Like I said, the, the land is not marked or ID'd. Um, in fact, the only identification of the event itself is a road marker located in Eureka, North Carolina, three miles from the crash. What? In July 2012, a sign went up that states thusly. Would you like to read what the sign says? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's a nice sign. <laughs> But it says, nuclear mishap, B-52 transporting two nuclear bombs crashed Jan 1961, widespread disaster averted, Uh, three crewmen died three miles south. And south is just an S 
period. <laughs> and this is it. That's it. That is it. Um, wow. That's it. And uh, that's, uh, there you have it, my friends. Uh, that's the day two bombs were dropped on North Carolina. Good that's, job, U.S. <laughs> that's it. Way to win. It's, um, I'll put the, a photo of this wonderful sign. This is a pretty amazing it's sign. It's pretty a goddamn amazing sign. Uh, it's, it's surrounded by six, there are more traffic lights <laughs> signs about uranium. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I have to admit, this is not like an easy to read, like easy to read traffic sign. It looks like a historical, and it is partially like a historical landmark, but also like, I, I would want to know if you just start a sign with nuclear mishap, that's really stressful. Yeah. I, it, it, again, facepalm to end all facepalms is, is this story. At least they admitted it's a mishap. Yeah. Um, if you would like to read the declassified information, I think it was PBS, Google PBS.org um, American Experience, and they actually have the declassified files and stuff, and they actually quote the guys who are there. And they're like, <laughs> they're like oh my God. This, this, this could have been better. Like, they actually quote the guys who are on site, <laughs> like the things they say. It's pretty fucking interesting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, oh my God. I hope, I hope someone got fired. Oh, no. No? I, <laughs> are you kidding? Whoever, whoever was the one who was like, you know what, they don't have to land. They can just keep flying. Yeah. No, nobody got fired. Oh my God. I, 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 give me a, no way. I don't believe that. Or the person who decided we need to fly around with bombs every day. He got promoted, probably. Probably. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> oh. I think that's it. That was amazing. That was amazing. That was, that was a really cool story. When we had to pause for the, um, uh, for the advertisements, I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen? I don't want to slow this train down. I want to know it all now. Ah. Uh. Well, stay tuned, everybody. We got a lot more shit uh, and stay interesting. Oh, please do.